Oregon becomes the first state to fully decriminalize across the board all drugs. Does this mean that the war on drugs is having a mind-expanding experience? Is this a good or a bad thing? Do we have past examples we can draw upon? Will this lead to a domino effect where others and maybe all states in the U.S. follow the same route as Oregon? And when Salvador Dali was asked, do you take drugs? He said, I am drugs. I'm going to leave you with some very inspiring messages at the end, not just about chemical addictions and recovery from that, but specifically about the highest human potential and how we all have access to these methodologies. Remember to smash that like button. Please comment and leave your thoughts below. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and share this out far and wide. Tell all your friends that I'm giving away free drugs. You just have to produce them within using very highly efficient, safe, healthy, and spiritual practices. Get ready for a deep dive right here on Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Heroin, LSD, MDMA, oxycodone, methamphetamines, peyote, bath salts, salvia divinorum, DMT, psilocybin, huffing glue, paint thinners, probably those psychedelic eels and lichens are all decriminalized in the state of Oregon. Measure 110 was voted on and pretty much agreed to back in November when everybody was talking about Trump and Biden. But it's only a hot topic right now as of February 1st as it finally became active. Police in Oregon can no longer arrest people for possession of small amounts of drugs. Notice that small amounts part because large amounts is seen as intent to sell drugs and that involves commerce which is highly regulated. Decriminalization does not mean legalization, so you're not going to see mom and pop shops selling meth and candy flip combos anytime soon because of Measure 110. What you are going to see is that if you are found in possession of a small amount, again, that small amount of any kind of drug, you can either get a $100 fine or a health assessment to see if you should be forced into treatment. Now, the way that it used to be is you would be forced into a cage. You would be arrested. Something would go on your record. This may still be on some kind of a record, but it's not looked at as a criminal offense. And here's Cassandra Frederic, the executive director of the Drug Policy Alliance, which spearheaded the ballot initiative in Oregon, said that today the first domino of our cruel and inhumane war on drugs has fallen, setting off what we expect to be a cascade of other efforts centering health over criminalization. This is the big win here, folks. It's not the fact that you can procure any drug that you want in Oregon. It's the fact that you won't be locked into a cage for having something as simple as two joints in your pocket. If you want to know how safe cannabis is, please watch The Magic Plant. It's a film that I did with Chef Pete Evans. It's on EvolveNetwork.tv. And yes, we do go into there are some dangers to cannabis. Not everybody should use it. There are allergic reactions and there are addictions to it. But for the most part, it hasn't killed anybody and people aren't known for the most part to get very violent on cannabis. So if you were to find somebody in public who simply has joints in their pocket, is that enough to lock them up with violent crime offenders of any other persuasion? Does that meet the same standard? 
This is the issue that we're talking about. So kudos on Oregon for taking this very interesting and much needed next step. How do we make this win even bigger? This is footage from a TEDx talk about how Portugal was the first country to fully decriminalize all drugs and simply treat drug addicts rather than caging them. And they noticed the lowest amount of drug-related deaths in the world. But look how they are treating this illness. Very interesting. Movement. They're showing these individuals how they can come back to appreciating their bodies, appreciating simple things in life like play, movement. On AmericanAddictionCenters.org, you'll find that exercise, nutrition, and even mindfulness practices like yoga and meditation is crucial to getting people out of their chemical addictions. In the deeper dive section back at benjosephstewart.com where you can become a member and really get access to all of my deeper dives, that things that I can't post on YouTube, and also things that are really more instructional rather than just the news and educational in these ways. Really bringing you through topics that are harder to get through. It's a little bit longer format. And in that, I'm going to be showing you guys on this deeper dive over at benjosephstewart.com. And if you become a patron on Patreon, you will get this information that really shows you how to supercharge exactly what they're doing in Portugal. It goes far deeper than jump rope. As many of you may know, I've been into natural movement for quite some time. I've trained with quite a few different people and found that it's not just about addiction, but we notice that things like psilocybin and other psychedelics are helping people out of their addictions. There is a deeper underlying realm to why this works, and it's about stimulating this thing called neurogenesis and neuroplasticity, changing the neuronal habituation to get you out of the feeling of needing an external chemical to make you feel good about yourself. But the next thing I want to show you is not even about specific practices like movement or moving in nature. It is called neurofeedback. Now, a friend of mine named Lex Pelger has the Lex Files, which is really awesomely named. And he interviewed Heather Hargraves about neurofeedback. Let's check this out for a second. I just wanted to get your standard definition of what is neurofeedback? So neurofeedback is using a brain-computer interface to offer the person connected to the device a means of seeing their own neural activity or the patterns of their nervous system through feedback that the technology offers. Neurofeedback is also known as EEG biofeedback. All forms of neurofeedback, like biofeedback in general, use technological devices to collect information about the brain directly from the brain. Brain waves can provide this information. At a minimum, neurofeedback relies on the use of a monitoring device, electronic sensors, and software that can read the incoming brain waves data. This data in turn creates brain maps. An expert trained in neurofeedback can then develop an understanding as to which neurological pathways have become dysregulated in a client, such as a person recovering from drug addiction. I think this is really the future of health. I think it's the future of recovery and addiction. And these all kind of collide at the same thing, empowering each other to understand there are modalities that emerge from within when we take our health back into our own hands. This is something I plan to focus far more on now that the political stuff is a little bit more calmed down. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? We're talking about vaccines a lot more. We're talking about COVID again. The whole Trump and Biden thing is just about over. 
And now we see these other things. Very, you know, I have to congratulate the Democrats for really pushing to, you know, get rid of the very silly war on drugs, which really did not rehabilitate people. It did not help anybody. And I really want to focus on the fact that there is going to be a huge need for expert opinions on how we can use not just biofeedback from our EEG profiles, but people like Wim Hof that shows the same things that ayahuasca, MDMA, and psilocybin, even LSD and other psychedelic treatments are helping people get out of their habituation, their addictions, PTSD, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, intractable depression, intractable anxiety, things along those lines. All these psychedelics across the board are helping with, probably because they destabilize the patterning of the brain, but so do Wim Hof breathing techniques, probably Stieg Severinsen breathing techniques, Butyko breathing, holotropic breathing. You catch my drift. We have this power from within, but we need help to get this message out to the people so we can empower people to take their health back into their own hands. I've done this based on the whole Salvador Dali idea. As I said in the intro, somebody asked him, do you do drugs? And he said, I am drugs. This could not be any more true. The bottom line is, is we produce a lot of drugs inside of us. DMT just being one of them. I just made a film with John A. Chavez called DMT Quest, and it's all about why do we produce endogenous DMT? What does it mean that we produce that? What is its function? What is its role? And are we living in a simulation? I tackle all these things in a very interesting way in this film, DMT Quest. You'll see the link in the show notes. But to go much deeper, we make analogs of the entire endowasca system, as John Chavez calls it, meaning everything that's in ayahuasca, which is more than just DMT, is in our brain. We make PCP analogs within us. We make cannabinoids within us. Bottom line is, is if you can take it externally and it can alter your state, Chances are you make it within. We even produce things like alcohol within us, peroxide within us. You got to start thinking of this and really start understanding that we are a drug factory. Now, what are drugs? We always call drugs these external things. But within you, if you can produce it simply by doing some kind of a practice, meditation changes your neurochemistry. Sex changes your neurochemistry. Eating breakfast in the morning changes your neurochemistry. Fasting all day changes your neurochemistry. Getting sunlight. I could go on and on and on. In fact, we're starting to vary and go farther and farther away from this idea that there is a tried and true baseline neurochemical state. The only way you can say that is it is based on your cycles and your habits of daily whatever. Whatever it is you get into, you probably produce melatonin predictably. You probably produce serotonin and dopamine predictably. And this is one of the biggest issues that most people think when they think about drugs. So we need to work on the psychological aspect around drugs is people think that you are becoming altered. Everything alters us. Everything, even experience and life alters us. We're always altered. The bottom line is, is we're not always in our habituated state. Some things crack us out of that default mode network. And now we're finding that cracking ourselves out of the default mode network is where real change happens. So 
my greater point and what I'm going to get into deeper into the deeper dive section at benjosephstewart.com and on Patreon if you become a patron is how do we break the world out of the default mode network? This is very important because we, as a society, we govern ourselves in the same way that within we have different neurochemical soups that govern other neurochemical soups. I don't know if you knew this, but endocannabinoids, they will slow down a hyper system and they will speed up a hypo system. It's an adaptogen. But there are other things that keep other chemicals at bay and these are chemical reactions. Within our body, we are looking for equilibrium. The same thing happens in society. How do we find a way to give all of society, let's say, a mind-expanding experience? It doesn't have to be a psychedelic experience, but how do we break ourselves out of this rigidity that we found ourselves in, where we are addicted to oil, but we can't stop? We're addicted to the strict pathways of how we elect officials, but we can't stop. We're addicted to the the power structures, even though we can't stand them, but we can't stop because we don't know that anything else is available to us. This is what psychedelic drugs can do for people if they are addicted to methamphetamines or opiates. And I believe there has to be some kind of Wim Hof method or societal kind of method that we can use to break ourselves out of the rigidity that is not just destroying our health, but is disempowering us. And in turn, it is destroying the health of the planet. So that's my news and I'm sticking with it. I love you all. Remember, smash like button, comment, subscribe, share, do all those things. And I'll catch you over at the deep dive section on benjosephstewart.com. Thank you guys for joining me on Waking Infinity News. Thank <laughs> you.